ruthless aggression. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a little bonus episode on the R8 Era podcast, where today I'm going to take a look at the 2003 VHS version of Brock Lesnar, Here Comes the Pain. There's two ways you could take Brock Lesnar, as a wrestler or as a person. He won't boot you, he won't lie to you, he's a wonderful person. As a wrestler, he's all business. The guy you see in the ring, that's him. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want him to be mad at me. He's a monster. He's an educated monster. And there's a difference. He knows when he wants to do something and why he wants to do something. And that's a very dangerous man. Brock Lesnar has broken the barrier from a superstar to a huge superstar. He's the Tiger Woods of this business. He's the Michael Jordan of this business. He's that dominating. He's that much better. He has no peers. Hey, we got a good vibe. We got a good chemistry together, man. Very focused, very aggressive in the ring. There's nothing like having him on your side. The minute Brock Lesnar walked off the mat in St. Louis, Missouri, where he won his national championship, I knew this guy would be a long-term guy. Anybody that he steps into the ring with, he can elevate just by his intensity. He's caught on to the game um, as far as the psychology part of it faster than anybody ever seen. Uh, when you see him walk out of that curtain, he's as freaky as anybody you ever want to see. But then, on the other hand, he goes out in the middle of the ring and he can soar and fly like a 180-pound guy. That sets him apart from most guys that, that I've seen in the business. We see WWE legends Pat Patterson, Michael Hayes, Gerald Briscoe, Kurt Angle, the Brooklyn Brawler, uh, they're all giving praise to Brock Lesnar, and then it's back home to Webster, South Dakota, where Brock gets a haircut from a singing hairdresser. That's when I got my first haircut in. Oh, I've known Brock since he was, oh gosh, do I dare to tell him? Since you were in diapers? You know, he was a skinny little blonde-haired kid. I don't think his arm was bigger than that around. He never did cry, though. Lesnar, he grew up on a farm and was known as Pork Chops when he was born, a bouncing barrel-headed baby who came out at £9.9 9 ounces. From an early age, it was aggressive, hard-working, an outdoor kid who liked to sleep in the hay barn for fun, because we all did. Um, he was actually pretty skinny as a child, but discovered amateur wrestling around the age of five. Constantly unable to cut weight, his coach decided to go the opposite route and bulk him up, telling an amusing story about when Brock worked on his farm, his wife would make one meal to share between the seven other workers, plus an entirely separate meal just for Brock. I was always hungry, always. It was like I had a tapeworm. When he worked for me on the farm, we had seven hired men and our own kids, and we would eat one meal, and my mother would make a separate meal for Brock because he would eat all ours if we didn't. Brock, he admits that he had an attitude at this time and didn't have many highlights, losing just as many matches as he won. He also admits that had he won a state championship, he likely would have stopped wrestling there and then. But feeling he had unfinished business to attend to, he got focused, became a collegiate, heading to the University of Minnesota. There he made it all the way to the 2000 NCAA Finals at £285, beating rival Wes Hand, that's a good wrestling name, in a double overtime. His mother still gets choked up thinking about it all. After winning the title, his passion for amateur wrestling ran dry and he was ready for something new. He was recruited into the WWF by Briscoe and told Vince McMahon that he always wanted to entertain people. He began doing dark matches, whereupon Taz pointed out to Paul Heyman that nobody was giving Brock any direction. So Heyman buzzed in with a few ideas, thus beginning their friendship. What they call dark matches, not non-televised matches at, at the television table. 
And Taz said to me, you know, they have this guy, Brock Lesnar. He's a monster and moves like nobody you've ever seen. And you have to watch his matches because nobody is taking this, this, this clay and molding him. And Brock had a match scheduled against Funaki. And I kind of buzzed Brock, listen, why don't you try this and see if it works for you. And it worked. And then he had a match with Spike Dudley, who I, who I love to death. And another suggestion, hey, let's try it this way. And it worked. And what we found was we ended up talking for hours and found that we had this great chemistry together. Um, at least I felt it. I remember one particular dark match he had with Billy Gunn. That's when he showed his true colors. And every wrestler in the locker room was looking at the monitor. And not so much to see what he could do, but to see what he does wrong. But you want to know what he did wrong? Nothing. We then see the Hurricane. He stops by to put over Lesnar's strength and speed. Uh, we see Michael Hayes. He celebrates the devastating chair shots that the Hardy Boys gave to Lesnar on Raw. And then Bubba Dudley, he declares me and Brock had a little bit of a story before proceeding to tell us a, a terrible story. Me and Brock had a little bit of a story. Brock's a tough guy. He's a tough guy in the ring. He's a brick house. He's a solid piece of rock. That's what he is. You got to be on your game, work with him. You got to be able to punch him back. You got to be able to be as physical as he is going to be with you. He's done a great job with the mental aspect of the wrestling business, in my opinion. And then we see Lesnar get the rocket strapped to his back and he beats Rob Van Dam to become King of the Ring. Michael Hayes brings up past tournament winners, Angle, Bret Hart, Triple H. We see clips of Austin, Owen. Uh, it calls the tournament a great launching pad for talent. Hayes then moves on to Lesnar-Van Dam rematch at Vengeance 2002, Lesnar's first main roster loss by disqualification, which Michael Hayes claims that this made fans want to jump up and shit all over themselves. ...against Brock. He had Brock on the ropes many times, such to the point that Brock had to get himself disqualified. Therefore, RVD kept the IC title. Brock didn't win, which was the first time ever that he didn't win. Generally in our industry, when there's a disqualification to end a match, people are pissed off. And it's one of the first times I've ever heard the people just jump up and, you know, want to sh** all over themselves because there was a disqualification. And then we're on to SummerSlam. It's Lesnar beating The Rock to become the youngest ever undisputed WWE champion, uh, complete with first-hand account from Bubba Dudley. Like, as this DVD went on, Brock Lesnar's appearances became fewer and fewer and fewer. So we had to fill time and get the opinions of people like Bubba. With Rocky, it's a total different level of entertainment and physical performance. Rocky very, very, very seldom makes a mistake. Brock hung with him. It was a great match. It was a hell of a roller coaster ride, which is exactly what a great match is supposed to be. By the end of the match, the people were actually cheering for Brock and actually booing for Rocky. The tide had totally turned. You never knew what was going to come next. F5, rock bottom, people's elbow. It, it, it was nuts, and he lived up to the expectations. Gerald Briscoe, he then calls Undertaker uh, Lesnar's first real challenge kind of shitting all over The Rock and everybody else. Uh, their first meeting at Unforgiven went to double disqualification, but then it set up another match at Hell in the Cell, uh, which Lesnar won. 
We then get Mike Kyoda's input, because of the perfect person to turn to, I suppose, uh, as he talks Lesnar's babyface turn and his split from Paul Heyman at Survivor Series. And then we go all the way to Lesnar's revenge over the big show, and we go through the Royal Rumble in 2003 win in order to pile up loads of promo clips on the main point of this, really, which is the Lesnar angle feud. We get special focus on the main event of WrestleMania, uh, where Lesnar almost killed himself by fucking up a shooting star press, landing square on his head. Um, even though he was concussed to fuck, we see that he refused medical attention as he left the, left the arena. In the back, I saw him loading Brock onto the stretcher. And the worst fears were starting to come through, and I, went, I rushed over there, and, and I ended up taking Brock to the hospital and getting the CAT scans with him. And, the relief, I mean, of course, Brock's telling me, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And of course, he wasn't okay. He had a severe concussion, laceration on his head. It scared me to death. And to see a young man with all that ability and all that charisma perhaps witness his last event. But fortunately, it wasn't. We get more pay-per-view clips, more promo clips. We get a quick look at Lesnar's original run with John Cena. And then we speed up towards the Big Show feud with the stretcher match. On their Judgment Day bout, Big Show claims that he didn't care if he broke his own back. He just wanted to steal the show, which is a bit much there, show. <laughs> a lot of pressure on it. It was the main event of the pay-per-view, which always carries a lot of responsibility. Plus, we were in a particular match that hasn't been done in 17 years. So you've really got to go to the wall. That's what it was. We went out there and beat the ever-loving hell out of each other. And we didn't hold back. I mean, believe me, with him swinging that board and me swinging that board, I don't think there's too many people walking on this planet that's going to stand in the middle of that aisle with me or Brock Lesnar swinging that backboard. I promise you, they're going to run for the hills. And that's the thing I like about Brock, because Brock, being the kind of guy he is and knowing him as long as I have and have as much respect for him as I have, we both bring the best out of each other because we're such competitors, you know, out of the ring and everywhere in life that that neither one of the other is going to be outdone by the other. So I didn't care if I broke my back at the paper. I didn't care. Point of the fact was, I was going to go out there and make sure nobody could follow us. We deserved the main event, and there was going to be a match that everybody was going to talk about and remember. And that's what we did. The DVD it then finishes uh, with loads of clips from a load of mid-card guys, two guys that Brock Lesnar had fuck all to do with, really. Um, as they all predict great things for Lesnar and say he'll be around for years to come. Michael Jordan's last year, I was always telling my friends, watch him now, because when he's gone, he's gone. That's the way I see a person like Brock Lesnar. You know, someone who has that level of being a phenomenon. You got to watch it and watch every minute you can, because when it's gone, it's gone, and I don't want to miss a second. Brock Lesnar, he's one of the toughest SOPs in this business. He really is. Overall, by 2003 standards, um, it wasn't the worst documentary, I suppose. 
But to be fair, we are only like a year and a bit into Brock Lesnar's career um, within the WWE when this DVD got released. So there wasn't really much we could talk about. But I suppose there could have been if Brock Lesnar decided to make an appearance throughout the whole DVD. Unfortunately for the WWE, Brock Lesnar is soon to be disappearing, doesn't make a return for many a year. Uh, but then this DVD did get re-released uh, back in 2012, um, which it had this original documentary. It had a load of bonus matches, including all oh, Lesnar's main matches, um, including his return against John Cena when he returned after Mania. Um, so that obviously was a bit more packed out because you had a lot more of Brock Lesnar's career to talk about. I'd wrestle Brock Lesnar every night because to me I'd want to prove that I can go with the best there is. And not only is he a great wrestler, a ruthless performer, but he's almost invincible. That was a little quick review of Brock Lesnar, Here Comes the Pain. Um, if you get the chance to go out and watch the documentary, I said it gives you a little bit of an insight into the life of Brock Lesnar. It's like any, any WB documentary tries to do. But I just feel like, uh, we, again, like I said, we're, we're only a year and a half into the career. There's not much really we can talk about, but there is a lot we can talk about because he did a hell of a lot. It's just a shame that Brock Lesnar wasn't around to talk about it. But that has been a review of Here Comes the Pain. I've been Dave from the Art Era podcast. Until next time, I hope you had a great Christmas, everybody. Peace out, people. Ruthless aggression.